welcome to the Dynasty Nerds Fantasy Football Podcast, where we discuss dynasty strategy, rankings, and all things NFL. So get ready to geek out on fantasy football with your host, Rich Dotson. And welcome to Dynasty Nerds Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your host, Rich Dotson, here with my fellow nerd, Michael Zipovich. Hi, guys. And uh, today we're going to talk, to start off with, trading and the the process of making trades in Dynasty Fantasy Football, just our perspective on it. Uh, and we get Mike, we left you off with a little cliffhanger last week about Mike's point here. I'm going to have to ref- try to remember. It's been a while. And well, also, it's a big week this week, NFL Combine. Coming, there it is. Creeping on a come up. Yeah, we have our, you know, if you go on DynastyNerds.com, I have my initial pre-combine rookie rankings on there. So get on there and check those out. Uh, which will all change after the combine and even change more after the NFL draft. But big week, man, to combine this week. Real excited. It's one of the things I know Mike and I, even when we were roommates however many years ago, that we used to always sit there and watch all the time together. Yeah, that was right when the NFL Network was coming out. Yeah. When we lived together. Yeah, I mean, that was Vincent oh. Jackson was the first one we watched together right. that year. Yeah. Because that's the one we always go back to. It's like, man, that guy is going to be good. Right. No idea who he was at the time. Turned no idea. Out to be sweet. And he ended up being a second-round pick. But like we saw that, like wow, he's going to be good, right? And, and no one, no one was talking about him at the time. Yep. And J, you know, John Brown last year was a combine right. stud that did really well. There's always, uh, there's been a, quite a few like over the years. Yeah. You know? It's that's why it's always fun like to pay attention to the combine because some of those some of those do translate. Like some of those like oh he ran a four three six but it turned out to be nothing. You know it's not that. But if you want my favorite my favorite thing to watch for the wide receivers is a drill. Where they run the straight line. Oh, I love that one. They got to catch the ball from both sides. Right. That's where I make my, like, I'm telling you, that's the one drill over the years, and I don't, it's not like I'm an NFL scout or anything like that, but that's the one I've always been able to, like, I look at a player there, and I'm like, he's going to be good. From that one drill, that's where I'm like, he's going to be good. Well, you see if they have good hands, how they run, you know, how their reaction time is, you know, like. Yeah. And yeah. The key is to watch them run perfectly straight. Yes. And not come off the line, right. grabbing the balls, and they're catching with their hands. It's such a good, yeah, the quick quick catches. They yeah, catch because, everything. like, how many times does a quarterback, probably every single time, throw the ball before the guy turns around? And the ball's All like, the yeah, as soon as that guy turns on the line, Ball's those are right there. Can you catch it? Yeah, yeah, it gives you an idea. You so know, that's, that's my, like, out of all the combine drills, that's, that's one of my, my favorite. Yeah, I like that one, too. You know? Uh, and I like to see, like, I, you know, obviously everybody likes to watch people run the 40s. I like to watch the, like, the big defensive lineman guys run the 40s. The 40s personally. don't do anything for me. No? Nah. I'm always excited with, like, somebody that's really fast. Like, it's, I'm always waiting. I just want to see someone run, like, a 4-2. Or, like, and I still get, if I see someone. going to run a 4-2 is possibly Philip Dorsett could run a 4-2. He's going to scorch it. Yeah. Uh, but, like, like he's somebody, like, that's an example. Of it. He's somebody, like, I'm excited to watch run the 40. You know, is he always going to run, like, a four, low 4-3? Can he hit 4-2? Is it possible? So that that's the aspect I like running the 40. I like to see the big guys run uh, and watch that flubber fly. And I like to watch the super fast guys. I just feel like some they just put too much stock into the 40. Oh, I think it's way too much stock in the 40. Because that only helps you when you're like, you know, once you get away from everybody. But it is amazing, like, when they show, like, the actual screen thing. Like, if you're on, like, if you ran, like, a 4-2 or a 4-3 and somebody else ran a 4-5, like, how far away you would be from them if they're trying to catch you downfield. Like I do like, you know, it is, it's a pretty cool. Image. Yeah. No, it's, I mean, yeah, it, it's, it's, it's cool to a point, but it's, 
It's monotonous. In the grand scheme of things, the combine's slightly overrated because these it guys is. train for months to improve their numbers slightly at the combine to help them get drafted more, but has no effect at their end. It doesn't help them play football better. You know, a lot of these things don't help them play. They're not better football players because of it. They're just trying to increase their numbers. Um, it's all fine and dandy if you can run 4-2 straight ahead in your, in your shorts, but what are you doing when you make one cut to get upfield, you know? How do you come out of those cuts? How do you, how's your lateral movement? Uh, things along those lines. So, yeah, that I mean, it's just, but it is fun to watch because you always, again, as a dynasty owner, you're always looking for that one, you know, extra guy that you can get later in the third, fourth round pick. And like I said, John Brown's that prime example, had a really, really great combine. Somebody you can get in the third round of your rookie draft. And does this mean John Brown's still going to be sweet, you know, down the road because we have such a small sample of him? No. But he's a really nice prospect you want to have right now, right? You know that rookie draft. He's, right, he's, he's got the arrow pointing up. Yeah, out of a out of a super class that fourteen was, I mean, he's a second round pick, which says a lot. Yeah, I mean, who would you rather, Bishop Sankey or John Brown? Yeah, John Brown. Yeah, there you go. So that's that's a good example there. Um, but let's talk trading a little bit. You know, this is this is people are going to start getting excited about these rookies. They're going to make trades for draft picks, and they're going to talk about. Just trades overall in general. So last week, Mike was talking about people that gets on his nerves when people talk about two third round picks and like a running back for a running back. So go ahead, Mike. Well, I don't want to necessarily say like that because I I know we're using the I'm using this one example like that. I was talking to someone about it uh, on Twitter. Um, I don't want to say like that necessarily that person you know, offer drove me crazy, but like well, one thing that example. he didn't do one thing I don't think like this person did. And I, and I think is something that you should do when you're um, looking to offer trades. Cause a big part of dynasty football is trades. Mm-hmm. I think it's like, I was trying to say, I believe I remember correctly at the beginning of, or when I was talking about it last week, it's kind of fantasy one Oh one, but I still see people committing this, uh, you know, committing the crime or whatever, you know what I mean? Mistake. Caught they don't, handed. they don't look at the other team's needs when they're offering a trade. Yes. You know what I'm saying? They so look at like their own needs, right? They look at their own needs. So, um, uh, so say a team's got like five wide receivers. Why are you going to offer him? Or why would he want that wide receiver? Yeah. What does he need Torrey Smith for? Who's not even going to start on his team? Right, yeah, like Grand, exactly. And you're like, but Torrey Smith is good. Yeah, but it's like, hey, but him, he's man. got Jordy Nelson, DeAndre Hopkins, and you know someone else sweet. Like he's not playing them, and it's like, but he's got a glaring hole at tight end. Yeah, but you don't want to give up your tight end. You know what I mean? Like things of that, like it, you it, have to give trade, to receive. Yes, exactly, man. You give to. to get, and it's like, you know, just one of the things when you're making a trade to not a. I always say start low. Worst thing they can do is say no. Mm-hmm. They say no, and then you up the you up the ante. Know where you know where you want to be. Like I'm not giving any more than this. Uh-huh. You know, whatever the case may be. Set the ceiling. I'd be really happy you to get start, it for this. I w- yeah, it would be perfect to get it for this. But I'm gonna start a little below that, and it's negotiation. You know. Yeah. Uh, how many people are like up? Oh, that's it. It's a horrible offer. Don't ever talk to me again. That never happens. No. You, you know. You hope maybe you get a counter offer. See what they're thinking, and then. It, you know, and then you just up it and, but just know where you're topping out at. It's kind of similar to, 
I don't know, I'm sure similar to real life value if you're buying something on eBay. Like, oh, I'm looking at this video game or whatever. I'm not going to pay more than $20 out the door for Max it. Bid. Right. So you just, you know, it's the same. It's similar, yeah. you know. I'll give you six. Right. Like, yeah, I was going to pay 20 but you got it for 11 Like, oh, I feel I great about this. Exactly. I mean, it can't hurt to ask. The master eBayer. Right. Yeah, it never, again, it never hurts to ask or... Like, throw stuff off there. And then like another thing is horrible. Like, hey, what do you want for this? Oh, I hate when people do that. So, if you're, if you're looking at, say I'm looking at Rich's team, and I'm interested in one of my, one of his players, like, say I'm, uh, you know, I'm interested in, who's one player you have? Le'Veon Bell. Okay, I'm interested. I'm interested in Le'Veon Bell. He's not for sale. Uh, exactly. <laughs> no, Give me I'm just some, uh, all right, but anyways, for sale. Right. So you, so you go, hey, what do you want for Le'Veon Bell? It's like I'm the one that's interested. I should be coming at you with yes. an offer. So it, it just doesn't it doesn't make sense. Because a lot of times in those situations, most people are like either one, like, well, I don't want anything for him, or two, they're gonna look at your, they're gonna come back and like that puts them in a position like, wow, he wants him. They come back and ask for way more. They're putting you up again. Where you come in low, they're coming in way high. So right. now you're just trying to lower them a little bit. Yeah, it's so. it's, it's it's just a bad way to go at it. Um, yeah, always offer. It's it just it's kind of almost like insulting. Not too low, but like you know something that you feel like you feel like you're getting slightly the edge out of it. Right. You always want to win. You want to win the. You want to feel like you won when you make a trade, but at the same time, don't be insulting. But you do got to start low. It's sales, man. And life sales is one one. And sales is that's everything is sales in life. My my favorite thing to do, and like you said, you you want to see what a team needs. Like you said, offer them. I've had trades like that. People are like, hey, I'll give you this guy, but he's good. It's like, yeah, but he's not even starting on my team, man. Like I have these three guys. Right, for example, say I have Jimmy Graham. Why are you going to be offering me a tight end? I'm never starting a tight end over Jimmy Graham. Yeah, exactly. So like, why am I going to trade Jordan a guy Cameron. off my? Why am I going to start trade you? A wide, res- a wide receiver off my starting, that's like my starting wide receiver, and you're going to in turn give me a tight end. So now I'm losing a spot at wide receiver, and you're giving me back a player I'll never start. And, you know I'm, sh- I'm, and I'm sure and I'm sure there's people out here like, that are listening that are like, you know, diehard dynasty, and they're like, guys, this is obvious. You'd be surprised. You, I mean, how obvious it's not really is to a lot of people. I mean, it really you'd be really surprised. It, it surprised me because before we launched the site in the podcast, uh, I just thought, like, everybody in the Dynasty Nerds League has been mostly in there for, like, 12 years. They're all experienced Dynasty players. They know the ropes. You know, it's, it's kind of hard to lowball somebody in that league. Or yeah, it, you always start a little bit low, and there's always still, even guys that have been playing forever, you get those, like, crazy traders. Like, what the hell was this guy thinking? You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Uh, but after once the site launched and now, you know, after having, you know, a couple thousand people that listen and that follow you on Twitter, the, some of the questions you get in trades for guys have been playing for, Hey, I've been playing for four years. What do you think of this, this and that? And you're just like, what is going on here, man? You just gotta right. take, take back and just really think about it. Right. I didn't. Yeah, exactly. Just based off of some of the feedback or questions or things that get asked to me on Twitter, I'm like slightly more taken back than what people like, you know, basic fantasy yeah. information. Oh yeah. Uh, you know I, what I mean? Some people, like, you get questions like, who should I start Austin Davis or Tony Romo? 
Right. Like, are you serious? Well, I'm this... in first, but it's a big decision. I'm in first place. Like, how are you in first place? Right, exactly. I hate you, fantasy football. Yeah. <laughs> People like you. I, I'm in my company's office pool. It's for the Snickers bar. <laughs> right. Like, I got trophies on the line, man. But here's one of my trades. Here's what I like to do. To, like, constantly, like, add talent to my roster. And some trades aren't always for, like, you shouldn't always just think about, like, the big trades. Like, oh, how do I get A.J. Green on my roster? There's a lot of, like, middle-of-the-road players that you need to get to, that, to where you need to be, either to add depth or just that wide receiver three or running back two. I like to go through my leagues. Like, I'll click on every team, like, definitely in the beginning of the year. And I look at my team and assess my team and say, okay, you know, I have two good running backs here, but I could really use a third running back, you know. And these trades are easier to make because it's way easier to try and not get a star player, obviously. Way easier. So much easier to make these trades go down. So I'm like, okay, I have, you know, for example, I have Le'Veon Bell and let's say Alfred Morris right. on our league scene. That's who I kind of start. A couple of, you know, Steven Jackson, Monty Ball, guys along those lines, but those are my two starters. Like, you know, I could use another running back. Okay. So I'll go through, you know, every team and I'll say, all right, who, what team has the best position Who's 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 looking the best at running back? Oh, look at this guy right here. He's got four or five running backs here. He doesn't need all those running backs, right? What does he need though? Okay, he needs. He really needs that. He really needs a tight end, or he really needs a wide receiver three. Exactly. So then I'm looking at where this guy, where people have abundance of a player. You know what I mean? Of good talent, and they say they have four or five good guys. Yeah. But then you target the guy who's the worst on their roster, who's still good, who still be your running back two, running back three, or your wide receiver three. He's his wide receiver six, but he'd be your wide receiver three. So, and you kind of look, you can look back at like previous years, like how many, how many times is this, I'll even do this mid season. I'll look back and say, I'll look at each week of his starting lineup and say, look, man, look, he's got, he's got DeAndre Hopkins, but he hasn't started him one single week. So I know for sure. And this is like, you know, like mid season, I know for sure that he doesn't really, he can sit, tell me all he wants, say how much he devalue, values this guy. But look, he's not even starting him, man. Right. He's starting, on his bye week, he started this guy over him. You know what I mean? So I know he doesn't value him as much. And those are the guys that I try to go after. I'll try to look at, like, I, I try to see, and this is like a good midseason kind of test, or even if you look like last year on there. So you know that that player, how they, it helps you, like, you can also like judge a team and how they value a team. You can look at it like you know if you're once you're in like week four, five, six, you can kind of see how they're using that player. And again, it's just a good it's a good tip that I can pass along to say how to acquire more talent. Again, and not major talent because maybe you're the guy with excess. Maybe you have those six wide receivers. It could work any kind of way you want it wherever you have talent. And just go through the teams that. And say you want to get rid of a receiver. Like, man, I got six receivers. There's no need to have six really good receivers on your team. You know what I mean? Five really good ones are pretty sweet. And then you have just a couple. Like, that's where you want to get the prospects in because you're only starting three. Remember that. Right. It's about your starting lineup. It's not about depth. So you're like, all right, you know what? I need to shop one of these receivers now. Go through the league. See who needs a receiver. Don't just go look. Don't go just go look at, like, hey, I want this guy. So I'm going to offer this receiver because that guy probably doesn't need a receiver. Look at the team that the couple teams that need receivers the most and see what player that you'd want or draft picks, you know what I mean? Right. Or prospects that you want. Look at their taxi squad. Take a look at their taxi squad. They're rookie, you know what I mean? This is dynasty. So it's, it's where we talked last week about how you want to have a nice steady flow of older players and younger players. 
Dynasty, the key to Dynasty is making trades. That's how you build your team. You're not going to hit it through the draft all the time. you got to make trades, man. It's a, it's one of the most important parts of Dynasty is trading. It's one of the funnest parts of Dynasty is trading. So when you assess your team and you, and you say you've done well in the draft on the wide receiver spot or running back spot, don't just hey, don't go around like bragging saying, hey, man, look, look how good my roster is. I have all these receivers. Capitalize on that. Make the move. Right. Trade him. Because you don't know when that guy's going to bust, bust his knee open or all of a sudden he's going to not be good anymore. And the NFL is so fluid. Fantasy's fluid. Like, you know, here today, gone tomorrow. You know what I'm oh, saying? Yeah. So if you have some assets, try to flip them. You know what I mean? Always trying to make your team better in Dynasty. Always. Right. never. That's why we say all the time, no offseason. Because there is no offseason. The offseason spent trying to make your team better. You're evaluating rookies. You're, val- you're, you're evaluating your team to see where you're standing. What do I need to win? Do I need to blow this up? Do I need to, am I close? What do I need to be close? Okay, I could use another wide receiver. Well, you know what? The odds of you, you can't get Des Bryant because if you're close, you know, if you give it, to get Des Bryant, you're going to create holes elsewhere. And then all of a sudden you have more hell, holes. So it's not really. Yeah, it's like the dam, the finger in the dam yeah. syndrome. Unless you have a whole bunch of, like an abundance of talent. Right. And again, you have to, you have to keep your, your, your roster fluid. Now there's guys out there. Of course, the top guys are guys that you build your team around that you don't trade, you know, like the Des Bryant's, the mm-hmm. Odell Beckham's, you don't trade those guys. You build around those guys and knowing your team and, you know, knowing where you have excess talent or guys that you want to sell high on, you know what I mean? That's why we do these high, low episodes every couple of months, you know, buy high, sell lows. Cause Hey, these guys that you should go out and get, these are guys you should try and trade. To keep adding those rosters. And the key is to always remember it's not always about to get the biggest name out there. I know you talked about like last week about like uh, Harry Douglas, how he had that one good year. Right. And that one good year could be help you. And or a guy like Tory Smith, somebody that's like middle of the road, who's good enough to start and like on another team like Tory Smith isn't starting for anybody, but for you he'd be a really good wide receiver three. Like that's that's the edge that you need to win that championship. So Right. It's not always about trading for the big name. It's a, it's a, it's a buy about get a whole bunch of like good pieces, because then down the road too, then you can change a whole bunch of good assets if they break out or do better for another big piece. It's kind of like trading in. It's like trading in like a cell phone for some like a uh for like a laptop and trading that laptop in for a desktop. Take the desktop in for a bike. Turn that bike into a motor. You know what I mean? It's kind of like keep trading up, acquiring to get better assets. Uh, and, and sometimes it'll work out for you the trades. Sometime they won't, but at least you're doing something. Right. You're being active. The worst thing to do in your dynasty league is stay stagnant. Off season comes, you sit around, you don't do anything. The next season comes around, you're like, oh, my team's good enough. It is where it is. It's ne- it never is. I was just offered a trade in, in the dynasty nerds league. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, well, basically give the rundown. I had, you know, RG three was going to be the anchor of my, my team at QB. And, you know, we all know how that's been playing out. So I've been rolling with Joe Flacco. I got Derek Carr waiting in the wings, you know? Yeah. Right. So, but initially when RG three went down, I was in panic mode because I thought my team was good enough to win it. But yet I was like, I can't win it with Joe Flacco at QB. He ended up having a decent year, you know, like, Better than, better than I had envisioned, and like he didn't cost me any games. Yeah, right. You know, so I was trying to go out and get guys like Peyton Manning, Tom Brady, who would stuff win like you a championship. who could win me a championship. I was trying to get those guys, and no one, it just wasn't working. You know, 
So I try to, I try to make a move in this point. This is like, this is early in the season, week three or four mm-hmm. or something like that. Um, so I remember, I, I think, I think I offered, well, what I, I don't even know what I offered, but basically to make the come full circle, what I was offered was Colin Kaepernick for a second round pick. And I'm not going to do it because I would rather just, I think I'd rather just play Joe Flacco right now and keep my second round pick, make a draft pick in hopes because I do like drafting. And yeah. I feel like I always feel like I can draft the guy though. Sometimes we all know that it's, you know, it doesn't always work out, you know, but you always think it does, but I always think it will. And, you know, and I'm happy with Derek, the, hopefully the progression of Derek Carr, hopefully could, you know, do something, like you him. know? So I'm not going to do the trade, but I think it was an interesting offer. I'm sure there's some people out there listening around going, why wouldn't you trade Kaepernick for Kaepernick for a second round pick? I wouldn't do either. I'm not, I, but I'm not, a, if you listen to the show, you know, I don't like Kaepernick. So, right. I, because you know what? I, cause you always need running backs. There's going to be a lot of like sneak running backs in that second round that sure. are going to be, are they going to be better than Kaepernick? I don't know. Somebody is. Maybe. Maybe yeah. it, quarterbacks are so hard. I, I'm trying to get like two caught up in a quarterback. So it's it's so hard to predict quarterbacks, even though like most of them, like the ones I usually, but at the same time, I think it's like not that, I guess it's, I, I want to say it's so hard, but like the one, you know, Christian Ponder year, like I thought all those guys were going to be terrible. Like how did Jake Locker, Jake Locker is going to be terrible. Terrible. Christian Ponder is for sure going to be mean, terrible. I, I, yeah. I'll take that one. I like, I, I knew those guys were going to be terrible. DJ Manuel is going to be terrible. terrible. Good, yeah. Uh, then, like this draft, I feel like besides like you know Mariota who has a chance, and then Jameis Winston, I feel like everybody's gonna be terrible, right? Yeah, but I'll see the combine and I'll watch more. T- I, like the quarterback tape is like the one thing I don't really like dig into as much because it's like a, it's like the least important. I always like do the wide receiver, running backs first, and then tight ends. But uh, well, I I think like like in going back on that one, I think if you you know you probably look at dynasty rankings or whatever, just you know. It, and Kaepernick would be rated ahead of Flacco and, uh, um, and Carr because of upside, right? So I'd rather but, have David Carr than Kaepernick. I really would. I swear. Yeah, so like, like I'm you happy. Know my rankings probably don't like show that, but they should. Yeah, I, I just, I Maybe just, I, I know because I have Kaepernick in another league, and he was so frustrating last year, like to the point where like I just don't like him. You know what I mean? That happens all the time. He like just, you get a he, player, and then oh man, they, they do you bad, and you're like, I hate him. I had the highest hopes going into it, and it was like, you know what? I he, he just so annoying. Like I'd rather just take my chances. I'm gonna roll with Ca- Flacco and Carr, and hope RG three gets it together. Yeah, you know, like he's, and I'm not. Uh, well, yeah, it's not that bad because you still do have R. It's not like it's not like you just can't get like it's not like RG three is for sure gonna be terrible. There's like no no way that's still like he still has a chance. You know what I mean? It's not like. I don't know who doesn't have a chance. Colin, to me, Colin Kaepernick. <laughs> no, yeah, but yeah. you know, like Brandon Whedon, like a couple of years ago, like you knew right away, like he has no chance whatsoever to be good. Like, RG three has a chance to still be good, right? And now, you know, in the second round of the draft, you know, you're looking at maybe like some wide receivers like Sammy Coates, Devin Funches, uh, you running know, backs Devin like Smith. David Cobb, right? You know, in, uh, in the right you, situation, right? And then on the running back. Yeah, the running backs, man, they're just going to be so, so many. deep, you know? It is really deep at running back, like, this year. But, again, remember, like, and this is where, the, like, the, the fun of the draft starts because then it, it all changes when the draft comes because then it's all like, oh, the, how the running back's not as deep because all these guys are, like, behind, you know, behind, like, 
this guy's behind Le'Veon Bell. Like the Steelers, they just okay. Tevin Coleman, like everybody likes Tevin Coleman, but oh, the Steelers just drafted Tevin Coleman. That guy got bumped down now. You know, like yeah. Le'Veon Bell's the man there for the next forever. Exactly. So, I mean, and, the, and you know, stuff like that happens. Jonathan Franklin for the Packers. Right. You know, he was a dynasty darling, and then went to the Packers. Were like, oh, well, so much for that. Right. Or you know, someone that's like low on the list, like uh, Dominique Brown from Louisville, bigger dude. Um, let's say. So there's maybe, you know, like a dozen running backs ahead of him that we'll end up having. But say he goes to Arizona. And you're like, oh, man, there's some value there now. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Some people come out of nowhere to get that value. Right. They go to the right spot. And sometimes it's good, sometimes it's bad. Because that happened with James White last year. Yeah. Like James White went to New England. People are like, wow, James White, man, he's in a good spot. New England everything. Just didn't pan out. Now did it. No. So so talking about rookie picks. So we're talking about trading here. The best, the, the best route to acquire rookie picks. I know we kind of dug into it last week, talking about like first round picks, how like they're overvalued for a reason because they're a necessity and they should be overvalued. Oh yeah, it gives it gives. I always say it gives bad teams hope for the future. Um, but like in the reality of when you have it, the the return rate isn't as good as you might perceive it to be. Yeah, it, it's it's kind of like the same as oh, you know teams overvaluing their own players it's the same with draft picks they're worth more when you have them but at the end of the day like the return on them is not always uh good i think it it was great last year i think this year is going to be great again this year it's kind of like a roller coaster yeah who knows moving forward next year it might not be because like two years ago the draft was terrible yeah you know what i mean 2013 Right? Yeah, 13. Yeah, it was terrible. a bad draft. It was a terrible draft. So it, it goes in cycles. It goes in cycles. I honestly think if you're making trades and you want to acquire draft picks, what you have to do is you got to be on top of your game. You have to be ahead, like one year ahead, and you have to acquire those draft picks like early. Early. Like at the start of the football well, yeah. season. You have to start acquiring picks for the next year. And that you know goes what back I'm to kind of what I assess. Like, so here's here's kind of what we were talking about earlier. How you, how if you go back through and assess, like, so you do have an abundance. Like, talking about a diehard dynasty guy here, right? You already kind of like get into like we knew like last year that we were talking about this year is going to be like a good running back class, and it turns out like the wide receivers are still pretty good too. That came around like I really like Jalen Strong a lot. You know what I mean? But. You know, last year, going into last year, we knew this was going to be a good running back class coming out. Yes. So if you need running back help, you could do the same thing where you go in to say, okay, I have five or five good receivers, and I need a running back. All right, who, need, who needs a receiver on my, on my squad really bad? Okay. Right. Okay, well, this guy doesn't need – this guy needs a receiver, but crap, he only, he, doesn't, he only has two running backs too. Okay, don't just go away. Offer him somebody for his first-round pick because it's way easier to get a – yeah, it's way easier to get a future like 2015 first round pick in the week three of the season than just trying to get a first round right pick now. at the end of the year. And now it's impo- it's like the price doubles right easily. exactly. But if you go back early and people are like still competing, and the best part about doing that too when you do it early kind of goes back to my last week how I got that uh, Frank Gore for Le'Veon Bell trade a first round pick. Yeah, where he did that trade because he thought he could help him win and compete. Well, it didn't work out that way, and he still ended up blowing. He ended up blowing and having a fourth ra- fourth overall pick. If he would have known that he was in the fourth overall pick, he would have never made that trade with me. But he no. was trying to win. Because we made that trade really early in the season because he, same thing, I knew he needed a running back. I offered him Frank Gore first. 
I offered him Frank Gore for his first-round pick the next year, and this was early in the season. Well, that first-round pick ended up turning into the fourth pick, where he thought it was going to be like the 11th pick, 10th yeah, pick, 12th right. pick. So if you find if you go through and you see what people need, first you assess your roster. And you got to be honest with yourself. Am I competing this year? Yes. And if you're not, you know, you got to take, you just, you know, you got to take steps to acquire some draft. But even if you're not, even if you're not competing, I mean, it's not about just even, if you're competing, yes. I mean, you always got to be honest with yourself with your roster. But, you know, because if you're, if you're, I guess if you think you can compete even, and being honest with yourself, can you compete this year? But not just this year, maybe you can compete next year as well, where, like, if you need to blow it up, you're not going out trying to acquire, like, all this talent. You're just trying to acquire young talent and well, draft picks. Well, uh, that's what I was saying. Like, okay. if, if you're not if you're not going to be comp- competitive, like I was saying, be honest with yourself. You're, you know, if you're just basically given a league fee, you know what I mean? You're just contributing to the league fee, the championship money. Y- you know, that's where you got to say, like, all right, well, I this is what I have that's a tradable asset that, like, honestly, probably long-term is not going to help me out very much because by the time I envision myself being good in two to three years, this guy's done. Now I see what you're saying. Right. I thought you were wrong at first, but now I agree with you. Yeah. Yes. Because you you're just being honest with yourself. Right. You're saying, yeah, this guy, Roddy White. Right. He you're holds value. You're not going to win this year. Right. He holds value. So you go to that team that reads a receiver and guarantees he's going to say yes to that Roddy White trade because it's week three. He needs that receiver. Exactly. Now, and Roddy White didn't have the greatest year last year, too. So he thinks he's getting Roddy White. He's going to be something sweet. Where this team, and then he gets one other injury, boom, he has the fourth pick in the draft. And you say, hey. And even if Roddy White does good, it's not it's it not a it bad trade. It's not you're a not bad trade anyways. because by the time, you know, if you look at it honestly and you're like, hey, I'm probably not going to be good for, you know, two, maybe three years. Some people acquire, ter- you know, it just depends. Every team's different. You got to see what timeline you you think that you'll be good. Because then if it's a later pick, you can get somebody like TJ Yeldon. Right. And if it depends how, if it doesn't, still, it's at least you tried. And and even if Roddy White goes on and has a great year, you know, it's still like how many more games is that one player going to help you out? Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Exactly. Now, granted, maybe you could get better value down the road, but maybe but, you can't though. But at the same maybe time, you can't. Hurt, then all of a sudden, you, you right. missed out on him. Exactly. So, so I, I, you don't don't. I wouldn't regret it. No. You know what I'm saying? No, never. As long as you're trying to make your team better, you can't look. You're going to make bad trades. You know, like I said, my money ball for Jordy Nelson, horrible trade. Right, I'm sure. But the good offset to bad, like I said, Le'Veon Bell for Frank Gore. So it offsets itself. But going back to what I was saying was, you look at that team that needs a receiver, and instead of trying to get like a crappy running back that's a prospect, you just say, hey, you know what? Hey, I see you need a receiver, man. Hey, I'll give you Roddy White. Uh, just get, just don't give me your first round pick. Please, you go, yeah. Hey, I'll take I'll take your first next year for Roddy. Oh, that's too high. Like, what do you mean, dude? You're probably gonna. That's where you go to sell the sales pitch, dude. If I give you Roddy, dude, look how beastier your team is. You got Jordy Nelson, Antonio Brown, and now Roddy White. You're gonna for, win for for sure. So you're pretty much giving me the twelfth pick, which is pretty much a second round pick, right? So well, yeah, exactly. I'm almost asking you for a second round pick, buddy. So come on, and Roddy that, White for a, a, a high second is what I'm asking for. Get out of here. Give me your first. And then they'll probably be like, "Well, man, Ooh, he's right. I can't win. I can win. How about a second? You're like, all right, deal." Right? No, no. You wouldn't? No. The whole goal is, again, the whole point here trying to get picks is, well, for Roddy White, I mean, maybe, For Roddy White. But then what you do is you say, I'll think about it, and then you go to the next team that needs a receiver. Well, of course, you got to shop the deal. Yeah. Well, never take the first deal. Like, you got to see what, you know, you got to shop around. You got to shop. And don't, you know what? And don't go on your but, message board and say, hey, eh. just best pick for Roddy White. Go to each individual owner and talk to them like, hey, man, you like that. So, hey, what do you, 
hey, I see you need a receiver. I need Roddy White. But then what if they come back at you and they're like, hey, you know, you had somebody else that you, you thought they wouldn't even want, you know, like on your roster. Say somebody like, ah, oh, crap. I don't know. Like Harry Douglas. I don't know. Just because his name. Just yeah. somebody that you wouldn't even think about offering this guy. And they go back, oh, let me think about it. And they're like, hey, well, what do you think about giving me Harry Douglas instead for your first? And you're like, what? Yeah, dude. Because it happens. It does. It happens. Or even somebody else that like, you wouldn't really want, like an older guy, like a Tory Smith. You know what I mean? I'd, I'd sold Tory Smith for a first a couple of years ago. And the same thing. You're like, hey, I'll give you, give me Tory Smith. Where you like Tory Smith, but you're like, hey, I'd rather have that first. You know what I mean? Like, I'd rather have that, like, high. Kind of first, because even in reality, you're like this guy's not gonna win it, <laughs> you know what I mean? right? Yeah, Tory Smith reminds me a lot of uh, Alfred Morris, undervalued, undervalued. Yeah, he's solid, man. I think mean, that's a, yeah, and that's a, like, I mean, that's like a bad comparison, but okay, Deshaun. Well, like, but Deshaun it's the same Jack- thing, though. Like know, if you if lines. you draft a wide receiver in a first round, granted, everyone wants to draft uh, Des Bryant, AJ Green. We yeah, all dude. want those guys, but in reality, if they play as well as Tory Smith, that's the more that that's the reality. That's of reality. It. Right. Something that works out like Tony in our league, his team competes. His wide receiver core is Antonio Brown, Jordy Nelson, and AJ Green. Matt's sick. Pretty good. He drafted those guys. Well, besides Jordy, I gave him. Yeah, yeah. I gave him Jordy for money. Kick me in the nuts. Yeah, that happens, man. But again, that's like the a, a draft. Like, like you said, plan ahead. If you want first round picks and stuff, plan ahead. Do it early in the season. Somebody gets hurt, definitely if somebody gets hurt right away, you know what I mean? Like, oh, so-and-so just tore his knee. I don't have no other receiver. I can win this year, but now I have this big hole. Hey, man, I'll take your first. Because then all of a sudden somebody else, you get that guy's first, and he already has that big hole from the injury. You feel that injury, but you know one more injury, the the ship's going right back down. He plugged that leak, but all of a sudden now another leak comes somewhere else, and you your draft pick gets higher and higher. It's kind of like in the same, in the same vein as if you... Uh, if someone gets hurt and you try to go on the waiver wire and scoop up their backup, if someone gets hurt, you should probably go to that team and see like, Hey, you know, obviously if it's a starter, you know what I mean? Like say, for example, the guy that has Adrian Peterson last year. Yeah. Okay. Adrian Peterson gets suspended for the year or whatever the case may be. Everyone went out and try to pick up uh, Matt Asiata. Asiata, right? That should be a step in your thought process, but also, you should go to that team that had Adrian Peterson, and if you're, you know, if your team has the means, and try to maybe look and see if you can make some type of deal, make something work with that team. Then you're talking like, yeah, I'll give you for your second round pick, man. Give me, I'll give you As- Asiata. You're like, oh, it's only a second round pick. I mean, it's valuable. It's not that valuable. I'm probably gonna win it anyways. It's pretty much a third round pick. Right. You, you just like, you, you know, because right at that point, if that team loses Adrian Peterson, they're like, they're 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 crap in their pants. Like, how am I going to, you know, cause I've, if they're good, loss. right. It's a big loss. So they're probably scrambling to try to make some type of move. You know what I mean? Yeah, so you, absolutely. You know, and it, it, that could be, that can work out both ways too. You could almost like upgrade on it. So say, and you said like Tory Smith, like a team that you thought have a mid round pick and you, and this is again, like say you have Tory Smith, like who's good, but say he's your wide receiver five for just example, like you're, you just have really good receivers. You trade Tory Smith for a first. That first ends up being like the fifth pick. Come draft day, which I always say is the best time to trade your draft picks is draft day. Maybe you could trade that fifth pick because somebody really, 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 really wants Jay Ajay. Ajay. <laughs> I mess it up every time. But say you know, say he's available there at five, which he likely is, or Kevin White's there. 
You know what I mean? You can then trade that number five pick for like an established good player that's better than Torrey Smith in the first place. You know what I mean? So you traded him for the draft pick. Now come draft day, somebody really wants Kevin White. Yeah. And they're rebuilding and they have like one good player on there and they'll, they'll give you maybe they'll give you like, you know, screw it. Like Jordy Nelson's 30. I'm a couple years away. Dude, I think Kevin White's going to be the next, or I think Devontae Parker's going to be the next Julio Jones. Yeah. You know what I mean? Right. Hey, I'll give you Jordy Nelson. Because drafting, this is where these kind of trades happen. I'll give you Jordy Nelson for the five pick. So now all of a sudden, you just traded Torrey Smith for Jordy Nelson. Right. A year later, that's the way it turned yeah. out. But stuff like that happens as well. But the key is to gain those assets. And like you said, think ahead. Just so when you look at those rosters, just don't think, hey, all right, this guy doesn't have anything to offer me. Yeah, he does. Everybody always has something to offer you. This is dynasty draft picks. Exactly. And it's like the NFL. We all cover draft picks. It's the same thing, man. Everybody wants as many first-round picks as they, they possibly can. And everybody right. loves it. You see people on Twitter all the time like, dude, I got five first-round picks for 16, which I don't know how people do that in other leagues because in Dynasty Nerds League, people, honestly, in the Dynasty Nerds League, I'm telling you what about the Dynasty Nerds League is. They treat their first-round picks like their NFL draft picks, man. Like, they are so hard to come by. Right. First-round picks in our league, man, because – but again, we the re- reason we do it is we built our league that way. We did it for a reason. We have thirty man rosters with two year rights to rookies. So there, is, like free agency is pretty much non existent. The only way to build your team and make trades, they do stuff on your team in our league, is via draft or via or tr- trade. Trade, right? Literally, the only way to pretty much acquire talent. So, which is what I love. That's to me, that's like true dynasty right there. Like the waiver wire should be. Like Slim a mirror, not. yeah. It's right. like a mirror. Like if you get them, like oh wow, God bless. Yeah. You know what I mean? But like nobody should be able to pick up like somebody that can actually be like really good on the waiver wire. I mean, this is dynasty. You're trying to build the championship. To us, it's like the best way to who can draft the best and who could trade the best. That's the way. That's where our leads set up. Yeah. It's not just luck of the draw. And I just when it comes to dynasty, the whole reason you know luck of the draw is redraft. You know that's why you play redraft. Exactly. You play dynasty play, you're looking for that lottery ticket. Yes. You play dynasty fantasy football to build a dynasty for a team that can win forever and to give you bragging rights over your friends forever. Like I right. won three. I was in the championship game with three out of four. I won three championships. Redrafts you know? a lot of luck. Mostly luck. Yeah. You know, because really, you know, like you'd go into an office league and a woman could, not that women wouldn't be good, but I just, just assuming. Oh, that's pretty sexy. Yeah, that is. That was such a jerk thing to I'm say. I'm not even going to edit that out either. No, please edit that oh, out. Such a dick. Yeah, no, but like, say, you know, Sally, the uh, the secretary that's never watched football a day in her life, she just joins because she wants to be co- with the cool crowd. Just go down to Matthew Barry's top 150. Right, and she could win it. See it all the time. It happens all. It happens in NCAA fantasy or uh, the basketball brackets. You know what I mean. But whereas dynasty, it's not like that. You have to know. You have to know your stuff. You have to know about college players. You have to know about value of NFL players, fantasy mm-hmm. value. There's a know, lot that so, goes into it. Right. Yeah, I mean, yeah, the average Joe that doesn't do anything that stays stagnant, they're not going to win your dynasty league. They're going to find themselves middle of the pack always. Or at the bottom, they're never going to really get there because they're not putting extra research because they might hit on their first-round picks, but they're not really hitting on their second-round picks or third-round picks. You know, they're missing more because uh, they're not putting in the time. I mean, if you want to build a dynasty, you got to put in the time. You really do. You have to really try to win to make your team better. Yeah, now how many sites out there, you know, I mean, you know, there's some, but that really give you more than 
you know, like a top 10 list. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. so you have to know about guys and, you know, you know all about guys. I do. Yeah. I mean, obviously my favorite site for rankings is dynastynerds.com. It's the only site. It's the only site. It's the only site. But even then, I mean, there's only, same thing though. There's only a handful of dynasty sites out there that offer you like legit rankings. You know what I mean? Like ones that aren't absolutely ridiculous that they don't update once every year. You know, there's, you know, us, there's UTH, there's DLF, uh, and dynasty football warehouse. You know, Mm -hmm. there's only like, there's only like a handful of like sites out there that offer like guys that like do this all the time, I guess is the best right. way to put it. And that's all they do is really talk dynasty. Yeah. And otherwise you're just going to get like an article of like a top five of players you already know. Yeah, And all, and all of us, oh, too. the top I mean, five running backs. Great. I've already known about these guys since January. Now it's August or, you know, July or whatever, middle of the summer, you need 25 running backs you want to know <laughs> about, you know? And, Again, I mean, for Dynasty 2, the best, here's my always my best selling point for Dynasty. And definitely like our Dynasty Nerds League, we have, you know, 12 guys in there. And, you know, everybody has a different kind of career path. And we play for a decent amount of money. And I always tell people, there's teams, you know how you have a successful product is, people, you said before, you put your money in a pot for the year. And you know you have 0% chance of winning the league that year. 0%. But you still pay. That's right. And you still have fun because even when you're losing, you're still winning because you get that high first-round pick. It's like the one you come in last place in Dynasty, you're like, I'm getting Todd Gurley. <laughs> I mean, this is great. Right. Yeah, exactly. Um, and it's just, and that's how, I, and that's why like a long time ago, I knew like I was on to something great. Like, man, look at this. Like, your team sucks, but you're okay with that. You know what I mean? You it's fun that you get to rebuild your team and you have another chance to get all this talent to get better. I mean, look at Matt's team. He just won a dynasty nerds league last year and he was at the bottom for three or four years, but he turned all that talent into a championship team because he had all those high draft picks and he built it and he built it and he got better and he got closer and closer. His, his process was like a true process. Like he, he had the first overall pick. His team sucked. They like the third overall pick. Then the fifth overall pick. Yeah. Then like the seventh. Then like the eighth. Then like you know what I mean. It was a true process of getting better, and then he won it. And then, you know, it, for him it was a great. And that's even more rewarding because you know, like when you win it like the first year, it's like okay, I had a sweet draft. You know what I mean? I hit, I hit it big. But when your league hits like year five, year six, year seven, and you know that you know like by year like year twelve for us dynasty nerds. Like all the guys we originally drafted, almost none of those guys are on or even in the league anymore. No, no. So you know, you know that that team and the attachment you have to your team is because you you did that, you built that team. You know what I mean? This one of these guys here is one of your favorite players in the NFL, not because of what school he went to, not because of what NFL team plays for, because you drafted him in your rookie draft six years ago. And now, and you knew he was going to be sweet during that rookie draft, and you got him the third round pick, and now he's, now he's really, really good. You know, like Rob Gronkowski or wherever he went. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. But you nailed that. He's one of your favorite players because you you studied his college tape, you studied his rookie rankings, you invested him on your dynasty team, so you have an investment into him. You committed to him. He pans out. He helps you win. It's like, oh, I love this guy. I'm like, what do you like to? You like uh like uh let me think somebody who on my team that I really like like Jeremy Macklin for example like you what are you, you an Eagles fan nope but I'm a really big Jeremy Macklin right. fan why 
because he's on my dynasty and I've I've followed him every step of his career. Right. Yo, Andre Johnson to me. He went to the U. Yeah. Okay. And Reggie Wayne went to the U. Are two guys that I've had on my dynasty team forever. Their entire careers I've had them. Andre Johnson to me is one of my all time favorite receivers. I love Reginald Wayne too. He's but awesome. It's because I've literally I've paid attention to everything they've ever done for their entire career. You know what I mean? It's like I'm following them. Are they healthy? Are they not healthy? What stats do they do? What games how they do during the game? Like, oh, and then he's won me a championship. Both those guys have won me championships, dynasty champ. It's like I love those guys. Right. They're a part of something great. It's part of something great. Something right. that you built. All right. And and that's the best that's that's what I tell if you're gonna do a dynasty, you you go to the people and you're like, hey man, like why is dynasty great? Like people pay money knowing they can't win. <laughs> exactly. And man. that's it. That's it. So the key is, guys, always stay on top of your team. Always, always try to make your team better no matter what. Self-assess, make trades, increase roster size. <laughs> and watch the Combine this weekend. Right. Speaking of it, which uh, any guys in particular you're looking or interested in possibly I- seeing? I want to see. T- I, I like TJ again. I'm a big. T- He's a higher name, but TJ Yeldon, mm-hmm. uh, Tyler Lockett. Okay. Uh, I'm interested in seeing him running. I'm interested to see your uh, your boy Clive Walford. Yeah, I can't wait to see him. I, I want to see gonna... him. Um, I'm really a guy that I'm really intrigued. I mean, I know, know another guy who I'm really big on. Who everybody's gonna diss because his. Uh, and, I'm, and I'm trying to keep a secret in our dynasty nerds league. Between it, you and I, I always think about that. Like, it's like God, all these guys that I want it, but they're gonna, it's gonna come out. Gonna it, come ha- out. it has to come all, out. Yeah, it's gonna come out. Right. Unless you're Matt, who tries to hide his for some reason. Right. But it's not being fair to our fans. Exactly. A guy who I love, and I don't know if he's even, he's not, he's not, come on, Doriel Green Beckham. Yeah, he's there. And yeah. I remember when I did that, my original mock draft, my way too early mock draft, like right after we did our rookie mock draft in Dynasty Nerds, like uh-huh. in April in may so i think i did a mock draft i mean i had i had him as a first round pick oh yeah eight months ago I had him as a first round pick honestly i swear to god for him i've been thinking about him since he was a five-star recruit coming out of high school and committed in missouri right that's how i was i mean his yeah. size i mean he's been he, he was the number one overall like recruit um so doriel green beckham i'm like i want to see um devin funchess i'm not i'm not really i'm not a fan of his right now to be honest with you Overly big fan. So I want to see how he does at the combine too. Maybe he can sway me a little bit more. Mm-hmm. I want to see Tyler Lockett. Devin Smith is a guy that's getting a lot of love in these mock drafts and all this stuff. Who like at Ohio State, I kind of saw him as like one dimensional. Mm-hmm. And I watched his entire college career. Kind of how you feel like about Philip Dorsett. Right. Like I don't I was re- thinking the same. Like thing. I like Devin Smith and he has a chance right. to be good. Yeah. But I don't really see him like with super success in the NFL. Like People are like, oh, it could be like a Odell Beckham because he can catch really well. Right. But he's like, a, he's like, he doesn't run routes, man. And that's really important in the NFL. Yeah. So, Devin Smith, Tyler Lockett, um, I want to see, I want to see your boy, Philip Dorsett. Yeah. And those well, are I just want to see him run the 40, too. That's important. Yeah. How about you? you got any guys? Uh, some guys I want to see. Like, I'm just happen to be looking at the official invite list. So, it's kind of in alphabetical order. Uh-huh. So, uh, but Amir Abdul, obviously, Nelson oh. Anglor. Uh, J- not getting no love lately. No love. I love him, man. Uh, J A J I A. Um, let's Jaya, see. J A J I A. Yeah, until someone tells me different. Um, Dominique Brown. Um, let's see who else. Sammy Coates. Um, 
Well, let's see who else would be good to see. Jamison Crowder from Duke, wide receiver, just kind of one of those guys that, to me, that like that I've watched over the years, won't be anybody that is probably on anybody's radar. But just someone that I always like when Miami would play Duke, you're just like oh, that. That guy's just a solid football player. Now, yeah. will it translate to the NFL? I don't know. But if he's around in the sixth round of our rookie draft. I'll take him over somebody else just because, you know, out of familiarity. Yeah, that's, that's the way you do it. And then right. That hits, that's hit for you. Like I said, that's how you got T.Y. Hilton because you love right. him in college. Right. Um, and I'll give you, I know we mentioned I want to see Clive Walford out of Miami. Another guy I'll give you too, like a, a tight end, because I don't want to mention more than one tight end, is uh, Jesse James, Penn State. Okay. He's intriguing too. He's six foot six, two fifty seven. So I want to see kind of, like, I'm always intrigued. You know, I, I love the tight ends. So yeah. It's kind of like. Those are names, but Stephon Diggs, yes, wide receiver. Diggs. Yeah, I wonder if he's gonna if he's good enough to go. Uh, we mentioned uh, Philip Dorsett, wide receiver from Miami. Um, I, you know, another guy like the Louisville had two, like the one-two punch, Michael Dyer and Dominique Brown at running back. I kind of want to see how he does. I think he's now. Granted, just a guy that has po- potential, potential, right? You know what I mean? Someone to consider late depending on if they get drafted or where they mm-hmm. go you know how it all pans out um God, there's so many kind of guys that i'm like interested in seeing i to me i want to see funchess i wish he would have stayed at tight end just because like he was like the best tight end yeah i feel like he'd be a superstar at tight end right but and he's a really good one. it's kind of he's still kind of transitioning into i want to see him catch more ball i get his hands like worry me a little bit from what I've seen so far, and then mm. it just a transition. I mean, he, I don't know. Funches is good. He's just one of those guys. I'm kind of like, out of all those top guys right now, if you tell me which one's gonna be a bust, if I had to pick one, and granted, this is way too early in the process for this, right? I'd, that's who I'd pick. Okay. We already mentioned uh, Green Beckham, Rashad Green from Florida State, wide receiver. He's uh, he was just a solid wide receiver. Am I crazy? I like Doro. I mean, Doro Green Beckham a lot. No, not at all. I a think lot. he he could go on the first round, so I don't think you're crazy at all. And everybody says he has more red flags than anybody to ever come out, but I mean, remember, remember, Des Bryant had a lot of red flags coming out, and that's why oh, people yeah, took Demarius. Tom- everybody took Demarius Thomas. A lot of people took Demarius Thomas over, right? Des because even NFL draft, he went Demarius went ahead of Des, yeah, because of the red flags. And that kind of and Grant and for every you know, there's the Charles Rogers and Josh Gordons to kind of go wrong. You know what I mean? But. I mean, his size, I mean, he could be the number, he'd be the best receiver to come out since last year. <laughs> yeah, exactly, man. He could be, the, and so that, there's, last year's rookie draft offsets everything. So. so good. Justin Hardy, too, from East Carolina, wide receiver. Like him? Yeah, I do. Mike just dropping these names on here for you. Well, you know, Sucks's list ended up being a lot longer than I anticipated. Just because I knew, like, we were going to wrap it up briefly mentioning the combine but now you can't yeah like i'm only in the h's and there's so many <laughs> guys man that like i'm you know interested in seeing but yeah, and, I, and, I mean mike hits these i mean mike's really good at hitting some of these like college guys that he sees because mike watches tons of college football i try to like, man. i watch college football tape like i watch ohio state all every game i watch the big games i can but i go back and watch tape like mike watches these guys i just kind of give it you're you in know, a fantasy that, college league too dynasty right. college league too yeah. so but i mean I'm always intrigued about like the guys that Mike talks about. So everybody that Mike just mentioned, rewind this podcast a little bit, write them down, and actually watch them in the combine mm-hmm. and keep these little notes. He's again pre NFL draft, right? Not saying these dudes are all going to be studs, but I think like they have 
they're draftable. Because then one of these guys lands on a team that needs like a receiver. You know what I mean? You're like, wow, this guy was drafted in the fifth round, but this was a guy that Mike said he liked all the way back in February. Right. You know what? I'll take him in the fourth round, fifth round. Just, just literally, literally, just because Dynasty Nerd Mike said it. You know hey, what I mean? Man. Just because he brought his name up in February. There's nobody else I really like here, so I'll take a gamble on him. And then he pans out. He's T.Y. Hilton. You know who else is people are sleeping on? Jeremy Langford. I just feel like he doesn't get enough love, man, for his production for Michigan State running back. He did have. You know what? He has got some, like, good, like, he, he has actually gotten some of that press. Like, hey, you know what? Nobody's really talking about Langford here. He had a pretty good career. And he was pretty good. I mean, he did have, like, a really solid career, like, overall. Uh, but yeah, I think he's one of the best like the, running backs in the Big Ten. I think this shows like the like this like because right now he's ranked right around like the like twelfth, eleventh running back, which to me is some. way too low. And for someone that had he had over fifteen hundred yards and twenty two TDs, that but also had fourteen hundred yards his junior year. Yeah, and playing in know? the Big Ten that has good defenses in cold weather. Right. I, I just I just don't kind of understand. Yeah, I mean, I like uh, Langford more than I like, let's say... Like, he's not going to get... He's not going to catch you a lot of balls, but he's... He he can... He's going to get you yards, in the, man. Yeah, in the right situation. I mean, yeah, to me, he's top 10 right now. Absolutely. And Well, I mean, top 10 what? Running back? Yeah, or, running back, or, right. overall. Yeah, but that, again, that shows you, like, the depth at running back, that you can get somebody like... You liked Langford a lot. He He's somebody you for sure get mid to late second round of your rookie draft as of today. Like right. If you did a mock draft today, you might be able to get somebody like him in a third round. Ten straight games over 100 yards rushing. <sighs> Langford. Jeremy Langford. Yep. So. Just Write some... it down. Take a picture. T- yeah, right. Well, so you get him in the second round. Ty Montgomery. I know some people are down on him as a wide receiver from Stanford. Amir Abdullah. Nobody's been talking about lately. No, not at all. I mean, just bring up. I mean, seriously, just bring up his statistics or disgusting so i mean that that's a quick synopsis of you said michael dyer right right okay all uh, right yeah so uh, that's where we're at guys that i'm kind of interested in seeing where well, you know what how they do their 40 times and everything right yeah so jeremy langford somebody that's right now really low that you like a lot other running backs yeah okay well on that note so let's get out of here all right have fun guys watching the combine next week guess what we're gonna be talking all combine cool maybe for two weeks straight all right what else we're gonna do nothing man i think then we could start uh filtering filtering our uh you know pre-rookie rankings yeah because then i'll start doing a mock draft too like rookie mock drafts after that as well so yeah look for that as well i'll be looking for on twitter for you guys to help me out with those but and of course we need volunteers for that right always yeah um so, of course, if you have any question during the combine or after the combine or about anything whatsoever, even if you want to talk about your favorite TV show, I'll debate that with you too. Hit me up on Twitter at Dynasty Rich. At Dynasty Nerd Mike. Make sure you go on DynastyNerds.com for all the latest rankings you can handle, guys. Until then, we'll talk to you next week. Have a good combine, y'all. See ya. Y'all. <laughs> Ready, set, Thanks for listening to the Dynasty Nerds Fantasy Football Podcast. Make sure to check us out at DynastyNerds.com for up-to-date Dynasty insight. And follow us on Twitter at DynastyNerds.